Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan. And what are we going to review today? Well, this is the Simpsons show, right? Simpsons. So, right. We're going to do some Simpsons? Or we're gonna... to be specific. Episode 13 of Season 4. First airing on January 21st. 1993, it's Selmo's Choice. You know, could have been a much shorter movie if Sophia just made a decision. Right. Yes, this is Selma's Choice. And this is one of the episodes that has a bunch of classic moments in it, even if you don't remember the actual episode. So we're going to discuss what happens on Selma's Choice by starting, of course, with the chalkboard gag. Bart's writing, I will not yell she's dead during roll call. That is probably something that will land you in detention. And then the classic couch gag, the family runs to the couch and a giant net is waiting for them and it ensnares them. And they just kind of hang there. Oh no. Oh, no. So, we start off with the return of the great daredevil Captain Lance Murdock, who performs a breathtaking stunt, jumping through fire and then crashing on his way out the door. Because he... You gotta remember where you are, buddy. You can't do a super long stunt if you're inside an arena gonna crack into the wall and that's what he does we're like hey you just did your stunt what are you gonna do now uh, i'm going to duff gardens the classic you just won the super bowl i'm going to disney world parody remember that yeah because it's been a thing since like the first super bowl <laughs> yep because the super bowl winners always get a parade at disney every single time and it's awful every single time because they haven't slept. They just did like the most like full body intense thing in the world. Then they don't get to sleep because they have to go to Disney tomorrow. <laughs> it's like actual families going to Disney. They're miserable when they shouldn't be. Uh, so yes. Captain Lance Murdoch gets to go to Duff Gardens and we see him riding the brand new roller coaster, the Whiplash, to be completed in 1994. So he just drops over the edge. It's like that damn escalator to nowhere. So, yeah, he's like in a full body cast of this because he just because he crashed. So he's, you know, of course, he's doing all the things. That's actually what stubborn people do when they go to the theme parks. They do everything, even when they shouldn't be doing anything. There's an all-time great theme park thing, and it's actually kind of tells you why a theme park has certain rules. Yeah. That's later. That's later, yep. Uh, I know this from personal experience. <laughs> so they see the commercial, and so everyone's like, hey, let's go to Dove Gardens. So... Yeah, the washing machine ride, which is just 
what, what's that stupid carnival ride anyway, where they just press you up against the wall, and that's all it is, except it's hitting you with water too, which just sounds terrible. And the beer aquarium, that's the other thing that I like. It's just drunk fish doing Barney burps in, in a yeah. giant bottle of beer. Which is yeah. funny because that, that comes back in another episode. Yep. About the, the 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 beer man or whatever. So yeah, it's time. Can we go to Duff Gardens, Dad? Sure, let's go. And then Marge's like, nope. Great Aunt Gladys dead. We have to go to the funeral instead. And the kids are just like, okay, Great Aunt Gladys is who? And then, it looks like Aunt Selma. Oh, okay. And then Homer and Bart are singing on the way to the memorial service. <laughs> They're singing on top of... <laughs> on top of Spaghetti. And Marge is just mad. Of course, they go and they, uh... They got the kids crammed in the back, right? Yeah. Because they're going to pick up Patty and Selma. And as soon as they, as soon as they arrive, Homer does the half-assed try to be nice but doesn't care about the sisters thing. So he's like, I'm so sorry for your loss, Patty and Selma, and gives them the hug. And they immediately start panicking. <laughs> he's hugging us. What do we do? Just think of MacGyver. Go to your ha- yeah. <laughs> go to your happy place. And they head to Little Neck Falls for the funeral and the reading of the will. Of course. And of course, it's a TV show, so it's a video will. Well, how else could you possibly do it? Oh, I have my own huts. <laughs> yeah, they're the best. They're going. They're going to the. They have to stop for food, and they're they're like, yes, because this is what you do on your way to a, a funeral service: is you stop and. Just you stop and eat. And well, it depends on how far that how little neck falls how far little neck falls is away. <laughs> but Homer can't do the placemat for kids. It's got the yes. maze on it, and he keeps screwing it up. Yeah, because <laughs> he's doing it, and he almost gets it, and then he throws it on the floor, and then you see there's like seven other on the floor. You want another placemat, sir? Please. Yeah, this is the lucky stiff funeral home. They put the fun in funeral. And the the guy doing the eulogy is doing it like it's a man. He goes, that's a woman? Good God. So Patty takes over and does a half-assed memorial thing, too. Homer cries because it's not catered. Just not fair! (laughs) And that freaking Bart scares Lisa. Just like, I wish I'd gotten to know you better. That's all right, dear. And Lisa runs out screaming. That's one of those things, right? Like, that's like a classic Simpsons gag I always remember. But I don't always remember what episode it came from. But you definitely remember Bart scaring Lisa. There's a couple in this one. So, yeah. Get, talk about the video, Will, Dan. <laughs> Comes, so it's time for the Will freeing. And it's it's Lionel Hutz. <laughs> He's the executive. And he has, and he have the executor of the will, and I have your Aunt Gladys's uh, video will right here. And he plays it, and she's like, "Oh, and uh, so first thing is, oh yeah, she first thing she does, she starts to read a poem, the the Diverged Woods poem, which you usually know like the opening stanza and the last stanza, but it's a hell of a long poem." <laughs> 
<laughs> and so they start. So Homer starts fast forwarding, and Marge gets upset. But even Patty and Summer are like, "Yeah, skip it." <laughs> All in favor of skipping to the money. <laughs> Everyone raises their hands. So she gives her collection of chips that look like objects and people to yes. Marge, and Homer's eating all of them. Of course. My, I love the uh, the Lionel Hutz voiceover. I leave $50,000 to Lionel Hutz. Yeah, that's... <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that works. <laughs> yeah, and he gives uh, their mom her large lizard. <laughs> Pet iguana. Jub jub! Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't she just give me the bowel obstruction that killed her? And then she's like, Patty, Selma. Here's a grandfather clock. Yeah. Yeah. And then like and then Selma. Don't be like me. Have a family. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, Don't die alone, I'm begging you. And Selma's like taking that to heart. And meanwhile, Patty's like, a grandfather clock, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And on the way home, of course, the classic everyone's sleeping. Except for Marge, Selma. Marge and Selma, <laughs> and then she's just like Marge, I want a baby, and Maggie panics. <laughs> I always love that friggin' trope too. Maggie just like, nope, nope, not having this. Baby knows it's a bad idea. <laughs> so Selma is putting together a video for a video dating service. Member video dating services. Yep. It was literally. Yeah, you, one of... you ever like pop on YouTube and watch the old ones? Oh, oh my they're, goodness! They're great. Are Be- you the goddess? They're trying <laughs> so hard, which is funny because you know now in the the online world of of things like Tinder, is it really any different than what people used to be doing? I mean, people still try way too hard. You know how I know, Dan? Because. Before I was officially dating my now wife, I had tried a couple of those websites, and I definitely tried too hard. I deleted one of them, too, because I got matched with one of the girls that I went to school with who I did not want to be matched with in any capacity. And I was like, ugh, this is how this is going to be, huh? But with a video dating service, you don't have that instant set gratification... You also don't have the embarrassment of knowing that people are passing on you. All you know is that your tape is out there and people are watching it. (laughs) Come on, boys. You've been looking at a free lunch here. And then she ties the cigarette into a knot with her tongue. And Willie, of all people, turns it down. Ugh. So she's so desperate she actually hits on the bag boy. She's getting groceries. Uh, you uh, you like wearing orange, huh? Uh, yeah, they make us wear these. What do you say we uh, finish this over dinner? Uh, I can't go out with customers, and of course the cashier is being the dick. Now, there's no policy against that. Shut up. Do you ever have one of your friends try to pull something like that on you? you you're trying to make an excuse to not do it, and they're like, oh, no, 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 that's not a thing. Just to tease you back. It's a thing, yeah. It is. We've all done. I, I think we've been, we've all been on one side of it, and then we've also been the other person, too. But she ends up 
going on a really lame-ass date with Hans Molman. Yes, because she's denying his renewal of a license. Wait, it says here you're single. Which I don't think that says that on my driver's license that I'm single or married. So, okay. Yeah, but the date is super lame. He can't read the menu. Then he orders the entire wine menu. And then she's... Real, when she realizes how far de- deep she's going with this, she has that vision of the little Molman children <laughs> knocking into each other. One goes out the window, and then she's just like, get out of my car, and just drives off. And he's like, this isn't even my house. <laughs> and then she goes for the Springfield Sperm Bank, where their slogan is, put your sperm in our hands. And we see their top donor is Barney. Yeah, baby after baby burping. What a, what a beautiful girl. And it burps. <clears throat> but nope. Selma's mind is completely made up at this point. This is what she wants to do. So they take home the uh, the, the brochure and the, the booklet of all the supposed donors. Oh yeah, there's you know there's the, always the trips are like the Nobel Prize winner, the champion, yeah, <laughs> athlete, <laughs> the astronaut. <laughs> yeah, they're all, you know, you can put whatever you want in something like that, but yeah. <clears throat> so of course, her mind is completely made up. This is what she's gonna do, and she wants to have that baby. But fate is going to step in and give her a real taste of being with kids. Because on the day it's time to go to Duff Gardens, finally. Homer is sick AF. And why is he sick? Ah, a classic gag that I'm sure everybody remembers this. So he was at a... Are you still eating that, Hoagie? Yeah, he's at some company function. And they've got one of those giant hoagies. And he's just like, oh, we can't let this thing go to waste. So he's just, he's been eating it for like three days. I'll give it a good home. Yeah, so it's like, it's three days in. Marge isn't having it because the mayo is starting to expire. He goes, oh, but if I eat a little more of it, it'll fit in the fridge. And then it's just getting moldier and moldier. It's behind the radiator at one point. (laughs) And because he ate that sandwich, he is now very, very sick. Because food poisoning sucks. I've had it once before, and it was... That was the most sick I've ever been in my life, was the my 24-hour bout with food poisoning. Because, okay, like, yeah, you can get the flu for, like, a week, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel pretty miserable. But the misery is kind of spread out, at least. When you've got food poisoning, that is the worst you will ever feel in your life for that period of time. It doesn't matter how quickly it lasts. Even if it's like a 12, it's 12 hours of you literally laying on the bathroom floor because you can't physically get up because you're in that much pain. It is horrible. And you even see it from Homer, too, that he's 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 turning super pale. He's got the blanket wrapped around him. I mean, you go through all that, and it's misery. He passes out on the, the horn, of course. Marge is like, Homer and Marge have to stay home. 
So Selma is the one that takes the kids. Selma takes the kids. Yeah. Which is funny because the kids don't even care who's taking them. They just want to go to Duff Gardens and go to the theme park. That's right. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks that Homer's... Homer is... Actually, yeah, Homer would be the fun parent, right? In this specific relationship. I mean, he wanted to go as bad as they did. Yeah, well, because he wants to go for the beer. But the kids don't care. They're still getting a go, and Homer's so mad. This is all your fault, yelling at the sandwich in the trash. He's like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. That's the thing, right, is, like, there's a certain part of that where I can understand trying to eat the giant sandwich and get it and not waste it. But once it starts going bad, like, that'll that'll really curb your appetite. That's bad, yeah. Um, I would love to, at some point, get, like, a six-foot sub for, like, a weekend. Have you never that had... Would- you ever had one of the giant cool. sandwiches? You never been to one yeah, of those? I've I've been at a party where they, we've had one or two. Yeah, I love those things. They're so great. It's cool, but then you like realize what you get. Well, you the... get like a one inch slice of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like, it's no, also... I'm not big enough that everyone could have a six inch sub out of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's a couple of good uh, party sub jokes on this show, including one in a later season. When Lisa's babysitting Bart. The giant party sub. So let's talk a little bit about Duff Gardens. Because that's where the kids are arriving. It has a pyramid. And it's so heavy. It has so much aluminum that it would take five men to lift it off the ground. And 24 immigrants died in its construction. They also have the seven Duffs. Including Remorseful and the one they actually focus on, which is Surly. Which, of course, is is the various things, the various uh, ways drunk people act in a stereotypical fashion. Because some people get really sloppy, some people get emotional, some people get really happy, some people get aggressive. I've been around all kinds of those people. A giant beer bottle, the beer bottle, and you clearly see, because you literally see the person's head in the middle of the bottle. <laughs> and he's clearly, he's either really living the act, or he is a surly guy, and he was typecast. Well, I mean, that's like how Burt Ward got the job of Robin. He was the most like the Robin they wanted. That boy did not have to act very much on that show. Right. And that's just it. That's, well, I mean, and typecasting is always going to be a thing, right? Like, and I've heard people get angry about typecasting, but I it reminds me of the uh, the theme park attractions when they are looking for a specific girl to play one of the princesses. Yeah, you can put a wig on them, but you want to get their facial features to be as close as possible to looking like that princess, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So if you're going to cast a girl as Princess Tiana, you're going to cast a black girl because Princess Tiana is black. That is typecasting and it's and I've seen people take offense to the concept of typecasting and I'm like, "No. This it, you're getting what you want. If I'm translating a book to a movie, right? I want the character, the person that I cast to look like the character 
in the book. That's what I want. I want them to look like them. If they're described with a certain skin color, a certain hair color, that's what I'm going to go for. Now, yes, eye color can get a little challenging, but you can definitely get the other stuff, right? It's not that hard. So that's what typecasting is. But yes. Oh, and they have a, a parody of, of course, the Hall of Presidents at Disney. Yes. With a rapping Abe Lincoln. And then Bart breaks George Washington by pulling his electronic pants down. Because he wants to know if they wore underwear back then. <laughs> so Homer is homesick and he's wearing his beer hat with two bottles of Pepto-Bismol in it. Yeah. Which I always thought was really funny. Like, you feeling any better? But that's okay, because Marge um, got him some videos to watch. I went to the video store and I rented Yentl. Yep. What's that about? It's about a woman trying to go to rabbinical school. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we also have one of these kind of movies. Yeah, the Erotic Adventures of Hercules. Which was a Troy McClure movie, if you remember from a previous episode. <laughs> so one of my favorite are some of the, uh, the other theme park gags that we get out of this. So they've got the beer goggles, right? Yeah. See the world through the eyes of a drunk. So Bart puts them on and he looks What's at Aunt Selma. Selma. I you're, remember. You're charming the pants off of me. What did you say, Anselma? To take off those damn glasses. And then, look at this super long line. This has to be good, and it's for the complaint department. Uh, remember, you're not really... I know you're not a South Park guy, but you've heard, you've heard of the, uh, the line ride that they did on South Park? The whole thing is just being in a line. Yeah, the kids wait in this really, really long line, and they're convinced it has to be good because of how long the line is. And when they get to the end of it, the guy's like, so how did you enjoy the ride? What ride? Well, this is the line ride. It's a real-life simulation of a long line. <laughs> and they got so pissed about that. And then my favorite part is they're riding the Small World parody. Duff beer for me, duff beer for you. I'll have a duff, you have one too. And it just repeats over and over again. Six more countries. Yeah. Hey, Lisa, I dare you to drink the water. I don't think that's water. Chicken. Bart, knock it off. Lisa, drink the damn water. And so she drinks the water and she sees music and hears colors. And then she busts out of the ride. Taking one of the dolls with her, which I always got a kick out of that. And then crashes the parody of the Electric Lights Parade. Because you know, all the theme parks have a parade. She crashes it, and she's having... She's basically tripping balls. Like, this isn't... She got she got a little buzzed off of what could be beer water. She is tripping right now. Chris, when is the 2 p.m. parade? Ah, the fit, my favorite question. So you know what they're actually trying to ask, right? They want to know when it's going to be where they where, where they, they are, right? Because it starts at three p.m., but it starts in this part of the park and doesn't get to you until more like three fifteen. So I get what they're asking, but it's still such a funny question when you hear them ask it out loud. 
Soup du jour. Soup du jour. Soup of the day. That sounds good. I'll have that. So, of course, uh, while Lisa is roaming the park, Bart decides to go on a roller coaster. And he falsifies his height by standing on ice cream sandwiches. No! No, that, that happened lollipops. at a ride I worked at. No, but, <laughs> but close enough, he stands on lollipops. And then, and then he gets dies. in, and the safety belt thing comes down, and it comes down behind him. <laughs> now, that's not a thing that would really happen, but the idea is if the seatbelt comes on, and you could just fall right out anyway, it's not going to stop you from moving. Exactly. Now, here's another thing, though. I don't know what you know about roller coasters, but... It's a wooden the... roller coaster, and it goes does loop-de-loops. <laughs> yes. So first of all, that should not be happening. Uh, second of all, the way G-forces work is you're actually not going to fly out of that seat. It's it's a safety restraint, but you're you're really not going to go anywhere because G-forces will keep you in place. However, you could still fall out because you could still squirm your way out of there and fight the G-forces. So yes, that's why they put you in place. And of course, it's like Bart screaming, "Stop the ride!" Well, I gotta check my supervisor with my supervisor. Uh, I think you better stop the ride. So of course he does it right in the middle of a loop. So Bart's hanging upside down, which of course also wouldn't happen. But this is a cartoon; can't dissect it too much. <laughs> and Selma's pleading with Surly, "Can't you do something?" Hey, Surly only looks out for one guy. Surly. Oh, sorry, Surly. Shut up. By the way, did you know that Duff Gardens is completely hoodlum free right now? Yeah. <laughs> while your while your niece and nephew were off doing their ice escapades, we lost three bumper cars. Bumper cars <laughs> just driving them down the street. Which of course which of course is Dolph Kearney and And Jimbo. Jimbo, yeah. Yeah. And they're the hoodlums that that in the beginning where Lou was the policeman was arresting them. He's like waving at the camera, all happy. And George Washington will never be the same again. And then, of course, we found this one swimming out in the pool. And it's Lisa going, I am the Lizard Queen. Another classic line. I think everybody remembers that, right? Yeah. Lisa screaming, I am the Lizard Queen. And the guy comes up and he's like, okay, we'll make her take two of these, and then a few of these, and then all of these. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, doctor. Oh, I'm not a doctor. Oh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so the kids come home with Homer feeling better. And... Yeah, they were about to fuck. <laughs> yup. He did what... the whole pick her up and take her up the stairs thing. <laughs> yeah, he was all ready, but nope. They come home. And, of course, Lisa's like, can't talk, coming down. That <laughs> takes more pills. And what I always really liked about the end of this episode, well, Homer's got the toga on, right? I'm Homer, please. Someone's like, how do you do it, Homer? Oh, well, you just tie a bed sheet around. No. How do you manage having kids? And she's so, like, down on herself for this, but Homer actually sympathizes with her. He doesn't say anything. He just takes her hand. And that was actually a cool little moment to see Homer have a bonding moment with one of Marge's sisters. Because we know that they don't like each other and they don't get along. But 
they still are able to sympathize with one another when it counts. You know, you know how parents can handle their kids? Because they love them and they have to. Yes. It's classic to dump your kids on somebody else and be like, yep, they're your problem for the afternoon. And Selma at the end does get her wish because she takes Jub Jub from her mother, who was basically going to murder it or possibly eat it. And she gets to now care for Jub Jub as her own little child. Immediately falls in love with it. Immediately, yeah. So she gets her own version of a happy ending. Which is... I should realize that she didn't... What she wanted wasn't a kid. She just needed companionship. She, well, that, that was not just her sister. Well, that was the thing, right? She's like, I've got too, so much love to give and I don't know what to do with it. So, she got a pet. And that is one way to deal with that. I mean, a lot of people I know, like myself, for example, who don't have kids, are very, very happy with our pets. Because we still get to love something. Just because we don't have them doesn't mean we don't want to love something, right? So. Well, there you go. Selma's choice. Let's do some trivia. Ooh, I have a favorite one. I just better write it right now. Okay. During the video, Will, Julie Kavner is doing five voices. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because she's the entire female Bouvier family. <laughs> she really is, yeah. That is, yeah, that is a good piece of trivia. Uh, Lisa's hallucinations. The image she sees of Selma is the artwork of Ralph Stedman because his work was often associated with psychedelia. So they use that as an influence. Of course, we do have the uh, a running joke in the in this episode. The diner waitress, the fine restaurant waitress, the sperm bank receptionist are all the exact same character. Same voice, same uniform, same everything. That is called saving on animation. The Great Aunt Gladys deal. All those potato chips was inspired by Myrtle Young, who appeared on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Remember Johnny Carson? He was still on at that time. Yep. I used to watch was, Johnny he Carson. Was, he was starting to wrap up, I think, in early 93. Yeah, sometime around then. Uh, during an interview with David Letterman, Young said that she was working in quality control at a potato chip factory... And collected potato chips that looked like, amongst other things, famous people. The scene where Homer ate a chip is a reference to the Johnny Carson appearance, where whilst Young was looking away, Johnny ate a chip from a separate bowl, not of the collection. And <laughs> Young thought Johnny did had eaten one of her chips and freaked out before Johnny cleared it up. So he trolled her on his show, which is great. That's funny as hell. Have him look away and then just grab a regular-ass potato chip and just start eating it. <laughs> That's really funny. 
Uh, it was writer David M. Stern said he wanted to go back to a Patty and Selma episode because it was sustained so well when he wrote Principal Charming. He thought it was important to keep these characters alive. There aren't that many Patty and Selma episodes, but they're usually not bad. Especially because I, I always like what they do with the twin dynamic. We're twins, we're very, very similar, but it's where we're different that makes them interesting. I did not notice this, but apparently during this season, the uh, size of the character's pupils are noticeably larger, and that was an issue the animators were having. Do you know how the Iguana Jub Jub got his name? Ooh, what's his name for? Uh, it was just created by Conan O'Brien. I don't know where he got it from, but... And his name is Jub Jub. <laughs> his na its name's Jub Jub. Okay. Well, there you go. Selma's Choice. What do you think, Dan? This one with a lot of great moments that you don't really put together that's from the same episode. Yeah, because you've said. yeah, because you've got uh, you've got all the the theme park stuff that is all connected to this whole thing with Selma, uh, the sandwich, because we have to get Homer out of going to the theme park, so we do the sandwich thing. But yeah, um, this is a very good act centric episode, right? Because all three acts are completely different, and they work. Because first it's first it's here's the funeral. Second is, here's Selma trying to do something about her loneliness and her lack of family. And then the third act is Selma dealing with the kids. And it's all connected through Homer. Homer and Marge. Who don't even end up going in the end. So yeah, Selma's Choice. It's a good episode. Good classic episode. A lot of classic moments. Uh, speaking of classic, next time we come to you here on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to review Brother from the Same Planet. This is another one of those Simpsons episodes that I think everybody remembers because when this episode was still relatively fresh during reruns, I remember seeing this one a lot. I don't know if that was a popularity thing a happenstance thing it just happened to be the episode i constantly kept seeing or what but yeah it is it's an episode that i think everybody remembers because it was all over the place the big brother program but that's next time this wraps up selma's choice check out all the great stuff on ckcc radio check out our patron patron.com slash club kfabe join us for all of our great content Listen to Dan and I on the Nerd Table and the Pokecast. And check out new episodes coming soon of Chris Ranks the Universe. That wraps this one up. We'll see you next time for Brother from the Same Planet on another Stupid Sexy Podcast. It was like a podcast and nothing at all. <laughs>